Hi everyone, welcome back. It's me, Paulie, from Rat Depot with another episode of Rat Depot FM. Um, I do have my previously failed co-host, um, Louis, with me today. Louis, would you like to introduce yourself to the masses? Hello, I am not a co-host. Um, that's a misrepresentation. I'm a guest. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put myself on that level, Paul. You're a co-host for the day, co-host of honor, which actually that's... sounds better than being a normal co-host. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, it elevates you to a status that no one previously has has had um, in Rat Depot FM history. Exactly. You're the first. Yeah. You're the guinea pig. Um, so uh, to reintroduce Louis to actual people this time, because we did introductions last time that nobody ever heard. Um, Louis is the author of a newsletter, a Substack newsletter that you can subscribe to that you can find on my Substack called Nostalgia Detective. Louis, would you like to give a kind of rundown of what, and then I'll do the same after you've done it. Um, it is a sort of... So you've read about movies before, but have you read about them um written by someone who I'm not very good at explaining this. It's like <laughs> it's my newsletter and I'm I'm having a really good time. Uh it is a gossip column crossed with some kind of confused non-fiction piece crossed with a review. Um yeah, we form a lot of parasocial relationships with celebrities. There's a lot of weird industry gossip. And mm-hmm. um yeah, like at the moment, we're just spending a lot of time talking about Vin Diesel and and casting a lot of aspersions on him. So, yeah, I feel like you're you're probably one of the most prominent writers in the world on Vin Diesel, on the Vin Diesel. I thing. I feel quite territorial about him now. I saw someone tweeting about him the other day, and I was like, "Do you know what I know?" Yeah, like oh, you need to be Riddick. in the you need to be in the inner sanctum of you're like you know the Spotify rap type things. I feel like if you had one for your newsletter you'd be in the top one percent of like vin diesel fans he is um he's on my letterboxd um he's gonna be on my letterboxd end of year thing almost without a doubt yeah so the way i describe it to people and i honestly think this should be a tagline to be honest but um louis goes into far more detail than any human being ever should about things that no human being should care about that much and it's very entertaining um it's sort of you know I think it's become a bit of a wave of film journalism, actually, and, and Louis is truly riding the crescent. He's like the chicken in um, Surf's Up. Um, That's cool. Just absolutely cutting waves. Um, just talking very passionately and with a lot of research and care about films that don't necessarily ask to be dealt with with such sensitivity. Mm, yeah, um, and, and shouldn't be. And arguably... Never arguably shouldn't be possibly don't deserve it but it's on a case-by-case basis you see folks yeah sometimes you'll approach the letter and be like what could louis possibly milk out of this film and then you'll read an elaborate newsletter about why it's one of the most touching films ever and it's like oh hey, right, well we're doing no, i've just been like writing a little retrospective of john cena's career have you ever read that before probably but have you i don't know have you um He's not quite a retrospective stayed like a retrospective he's at well, his peak really, isn't think. he? That's what you would think. Wow. So so that is nostalgia detective in a nutshell. Um and as Louis mentioned, he's in the he's in the wave of um talking about the Fast and Furious franchise, which is obviously what, ten films at this point. 
So last one, last one. Uh, is it is it coming out tomorrow? It comes out tomorrow. Is it coming out? To- no, 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 no. Uh, this podcast. Oh God. Um. Yes. Probably. Yeah. So, uh, two days from then. It comes out. Last one. It comes out two days from now. The next Fast two- and Furious. No, my newsletter. Oh Jesus! Sorry. On, okay. on the one that came out many years ago, F nine. Perfect. So, guys, if you listen to this when I'm publishing it, which is Thursday, um, then you can subscribe to Nostalgia Detective in time to receive the next edition of his newsletter uh, from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Um, so that's Nostalgia Detective, and that is why Louis is here. Um, you may find that the contents of this uh, episode are more kind of heavily focused towards film. Um, that's because that's kind of the intersection of or the, the primary intersection of me and Louis' interests is, is film. Um but first I thought I'd give a brief kind of uh retrospective as I did in the last episode on the most recent letter, which was uh Mask Off. Um what was the subtitle? What was the subheading? I can't remember what it was. It was Body Hair Body Beer. Hair Beer Bonk. Yeah. There Bonking you go. is important as a in theme, that order. Amen. Yeah, bonking will obviously be a recurring theme. I think in, I think bonking is one of the core themes of art generally, isn't it? Yeah. Um, other so than in the Fast and Furious films where no one ever fucks. Yeah, um, you're gonna have to make me think about that. Paul Walker and Jordana Brewster, they do, but they're the only ones. We'll put a pin in that for now and re- yeah. readdress it later on. Um, did you have? Did you enjoy the letter? Did you have any thoughts on on mask off and the masked? content within i did often paul when i see that you're writing about art i instantly kind of remove myself a little bit because i'm like i'm too stupid for them (laughs) which is not a um, helpful perspective but um i think that i've always been with visual art and stuff i think because i have so little idea of how to produce it myself I've always mm. viewed it really far from the outside. Like everything in this is like insanely elaborate. In this newsletter, it's insanely elaborate, insanely creative. In mm-hmm. like you know, and even if you're like someone like me, you'll think like painting, sculptures, and then you know, here's someone making a mask made of hair. So you know, that's kind of off the track. Mm. And but you know, honestly, it is <laughs> just kind of like nice to sort of look at something and be like read something and be like what am i looking at here this is not something i understand and just be cool with that i mean i look at some of these mouse and like yeah i don't even really know what to say about this yeah i mean helpful sometimes i was because often when i'm writing these letters it's half of the stuff i talk about is stuff i know about and then the other half is stuff i kind of find while i'm Hmm researching the area you know so some of the mask makers in that i kind of mentioned that i knew um not personally but you know i I knew of them and followed their work and stuff and then the the others i was like kind of found along the way and was like fuck me but i just found it fascinating you know i mean it goes without saying but there's such a wide range of sort of reference points and materials and aesthetics within mask making that are all so different you know um you know, you got a guy who just smashed a fucking beer bottle and made a mask out of a beer bottle and it looks incredible. And you got another one out of human hair and it's the human hair of like multiple people who the artist has presumably never met. Um, I don't know how I would feel hair on your face. 
I was thinking, like, putting it on must be quite horrible. And also, how like, is it... physically? Yeah. Surely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think if someone walked past you in the street wearing it, you'd actually notice? Or would I'm you just think, an, God, I'm they've got... I'm not much of an eye contact guy. Honestly, if someone exactly. had a job interview with me wearing a face mask, there's a 50-50. <laughs> yeah, like, I think if, at first glance, if someone walked past me wearing that, I would think they've got a massive beard. I don't think I yeah, would think... Yeah, it does. Also, it looks a little bit like bees, funnily enough to me. It looks like what? Bees. I thought you said D's and you were going to like D's nuts me. And I was like, wow, that is low. I would never D's nuts you. It looks like bees. Yeah, a little bit. Like when Nick, Nick Cage gets bead. Not the bees. Yeah. Not the bees. Um, yeah. I love that mask. I think I'd put a poll up. I'm going to check the results now, actually. I put a poll up on the um, the Rat Depot Insta asking what people's favorite um, mask was. Ooh. So... Um, hair came first with 43% of the vote and then Heineken and Teapot were tied. Honestly, I love Teapot. Like, I don't see the practical use for that because, like, why why are you going to have a spout on your head? But, like, You couldn't put tea, could you, really? You couldn't put anything on it because the wall would get wet, but it looks cool as hell. Can you imagine, like, a teapot hat that worked in the same way as, like, you know those, um, those like, baseball caps that have, like, beers on the side of them? Yes. Like, at baseball games and shit. Can you imagine yeah. if you could have one of those that was, like, full of tea, and you could just tilt your head and pour a tea? I have really no idea how that would practically work. That would be fucking amazing. Um, really, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just an aesthetic piece, isn't it? A lot of the stuff that um, Alex does is is so, so good. Um, yeah, they're, they're obviously like the most high profile mask maker that I put in the letter because I thought, I think, I don't know. I don't want to say they're the best ones, but I just mean that they're kind of the most famous ones and they're the most popular ones. Um, and if people weren't aware of her already, that's like a good place to start really with um, masks and stuff. Um, what was your favorite mask in the in the uh, letter? Honestly, kind of love the Heineken one. Um, yeah, it's so weird in terms of just like I'm curious. I don't the eyes. You look at the eyes; they're kind of uneven. Yeah. It's like you can't really tell. You don't. They might not even line up if the eyes actually are. It's sort of like you look at that, and it's not a shape of a face. It's like seeing um, in an alien. An alien in the film that isn't humanoid. Yeah, it actually reminded me of like a bug, like it looks yeah. very bug-like. Um, I love it. I did say when I narrated it, when I narrated like the letter itself, I did say like I wouldn't recommend riding a bike on it because with it on because I think you definitely can't fucking see anything. Um, whereas some of his masks, obviously they've got eye holes and stuff, but that's more of a kind of all, all over. I always thought that about you know they're like masks that. Um, you know, now disgraced, waste of space, um, anti-Semite dickhead Kanye used to wear. You know, like Margiela ones that he wore on the like recently, Life of Pablo the recent ones? No, because no, they're he, more he was like doing stuff. Yeah, he was doing stuff from like the like the Donda tour and stuff. I know I saw it because that was like not particularly aesthetically interesting, but he was had no, it, no, that was more kind of thuggish. I think like that was more of a like a, almost like wearing a pantyhose type statement. 
whereas like you know like a kind of bank robber mask whereas i think the masks he was wearing on the life of pablo tour like were margella they were like you know like high fashion masks um which were and on when he yeah i think it was around that period um obviously obviously fuck kanye just for the record but obviously um kanye didn't make those masks so they're worth kind of talking about anyway um yeah yeah i like the beer one the beer one was my favorite actually i think i voted for that one um but yeah i I enjoyed doing that letter because it was like um obviously shorter than the last one i love both and funnily enough they i expected the shorter ones kind of like get more of like reads or whatever but they're actually both like like fairly popular so i was quite happy with that that people were Hmm. you know like content with a longer read and happy with a short kind of list type read so um that's good to know folks you out there this week we have this week is in this this weekend this is yeah this is me trying to nudge you are you asking for a, a little tease? Little tease, little inside c- scoop. I couldn't possibly. I couldn't possibly. <sighs> um, no, I can't do that. I like. I like each week being a being a surprise. That's valid. That's completely valid. Yeah. And also, the main reason I'm saying that is because I don't really know what I'm going to do until Friday or Saturday. Like last weekend, I spent most of Saturday. Mia wasn't here, my partner, um, which meant I kind of had the house to myself to write and stuff. Um, and literally spent all day being like, well, it could be this or it could be this. Um, and then obviously eventually landed on something that had kind of been mentioned in the previous letter anyway. Um, but obviously this weekend is going to have to be com- something completely new. So it could be anything. Um, so hold your, hold your fucking horses. But there will be clues. There will be another crossword. Did, that cro- did you get anything from that crossword? Because I obviously made it as deliberately cryptic as possible. I think I did. No, I think I got really? some of the answers. No, I, did, I don't think I got any like hints from it, but I think I got this. Ah, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think I made the crossword easier, but I made the kind of answers more obscure to what the actual topic was, which I think is a good blend. So what, how did it work out? What do you mean? Like, so what, what were the clues actually towards once you got the crossword answers? Um, what do you mean? Like when, like what was hinting towards masks in the completed crossword? Oh well, I'll have to remind myself. Let me get up the post, um, and remind myself. So the answers to the crossword were: if people hadn't done it, uh, one down, long holiday on a ship, or a famous Scientologist. I'm sure you can answer this one, Louis. Um, cruise. Yep, cruise. And then two down, Dutch beer brand with green bottles. Kind of obvious. Medican. Yep, I also okay, included a picture right. of... I see, I'm seeing this now. Yeah, you see? I put a picture of Daniel Craig drinking one because that was one of those weird Bond sponsors. That was, that was that was a huge publicity thing. It was like, he's putting away his fucking martinis. He's a man. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Of all the beers as well. Um, and then four down is an idiot. And that's four letters. Fool. Yeah. One of the masks by Charlie Goodall is like a based on the kind of medieval folklore yes, of, a, yes. of a fool. Um, cool. Two across. Material found on the human body. This one should be kind of obvious as well. Two, two across. How many hair? Le- four. Yeah, hair. Obviously, the hair mask. Derogatory word for a member of the police. Three letters. Pig. Yeah. Receptacle for hot leafy liquids. We've already mentioned it. Teacup. Almost, yeah, teapot. Um, 
and then hitting someone over the head or fornication. Four letters. Bonk. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. See, they, see, it gotcha. all relates, but absolutely none of them give any hint of it being to do with No, that. I would not have been able to figure out the, the theme from that. Yeah, so I was pretty proud of that, to be honest. Um, <sighs> but I, I, I fucking love doing the crosswords, so I'm, I'm going to do it every week. Um, but I, I need people to actually fill it out. Um, I, had a, I had a couple of people DM me with like their answers and stuff, which was quite cute. But um, do it in the comments, please. Um, yeah, so that was the letter. Pretty straightforward one. Really loved it. Um, it was interesting because, like, as always, because one of my key interests is film. Like, I actually, I actually started with Eyes Wide Shut. Like, the first paragraph was, was Eyes Wide Shut, and um, then he made the last one. Yeah, because I just felt it, it's not actually what the contents of the letter is. So I didn't want to kind of confuse people by doing a paragraph on film and then suddenly having a list of like mask me because it didn't make sense. So I just swapped it around and added. Um, Tom is a, a sort of honourable mention, um, but yeah, that was a letter. But this year, sorry, please ignore me. What did you say? Tom Cruise snubbed for Top Gun Maverick, an honourable mention. Didn't it? What's it nominated for again? Is it screenplay? It's adapted screenplay, and that is a joke. nobody. Let nobody tell you that is a that is a bad decision. Let nobody tell you. Louis that is a tight screenplay. It's a joke. That it's a that, tight screenplay. I mean, that screenplay is good for what it is. It's and not for what it is. Is exactly what it is. It is a it is functional in a way that is well tuned, well honed. It it gets what it needs done. And I'm standing up for the five credited screenwriters. You know, what I've never funny. understood in um, the Top Gun films. Is why do they give Tom Cruise a love interest? Um, this is a question. I mean, I've thought a lot about this. Um, that man is married to a planes no and b men in in both films, and I feel like I think that just... in the second film he has sort of ascended to a monk like state. Yeah, like he's he's just doing bits. Like in um, the first film, he's obviously like Raw Dog and Val Kilmer, but. Yeah, and by the second film, he has abandoned sexuality entirely. I I think he's getting tossed around in the first one. Like I don't think it's just Val Kilmer. I think he's Val Kilmer. He's been thrown um, around like a ragdoll. No, it's not Iceman. It's Goose. Goose. Yeah, him and Goose. His wingman in more ways than one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I just never. Under- I always found that almost borderline egregious. Like especially in the first one. In my opinion, my mum disagrees with this. Um. And I'm not saying this on the back of of just Top Gun, but my mum does have the worst film opinions in the world. Um, And she thinks the romance is fine. She likes it. And I'm just like, I swear there's literally a scene. There's literally a scene where she goes to have a shower, kind of on the pretense that they're going to fuck, and then he leaves. I swear. (laughs) Am I misremembering that? I don't. I couldn't tell you, but um, stay tuned for Nostalgia Detective in like May. Wow! I like that you're refusing to discuss it because you know you're going to write one in May, like maybe April, maybe April. Wow! Um, We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about Tom Cruise. It's fine. Okay. Well. Wow. Well, you know, we've given away the plot, but we've not given away the plot of Nostalgia Detective. So that's good. We maintain the integrity of your newsletter. Um. I thought it'd be cool now to talk about 
just stuff you've been enjoying recently? Like, what have you been watching, reading, listening to? Like, what are you, what are you liking at the minute? It's a great question. Paul, can I ask you a question first? No. Are yeah, you able to edit this podcast? Why? It's an Audacity thing, right? So you can delete bits. Yeah. Okay, great. I need to um, go to the bathroom. <laughs> we need to, so we, I just need to be sure we can cut this bit out. I'm pretty sure we can cut this bit out, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's all good. Great, thank you. I, it was it was clouding my thoughts. Not going. That's funny. Yeah, moment. enjoy, enjoy. Okay, great. I'm back. I was so quick. I feel like when I when I go for a piss, I'm, I'm I'll, I'll sit down. I'm like on my phone. I'm on Twitter. I get bored of Twitter, I go to Instagram, I get bored of Instagram, I do an entire season on Football Manager on my phone. Like I pee, I pee often enough that I can't afford to do that. Do you I drink a lot of water? No, not really. I just pee a lot. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to delve too deep into that. <laughs> Hopefully. It's something I choose not to medically investigate. Sounds like some, yeah, exactly. Sounds like something uh, an inquiry would be welcomed. Um, no. Going back to what I asked, um, what are you enjoying at the minute? Um, well, I wish that I was able to talk to you about the latest episode of The Last of Us, because I know that's uh, discourse uh, Um but I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. I thought you meant because we <laughs> would wish... be spoiling it for other people. No, um, I, so I can't spoil it for other people because I haven't seen it yet. It's um, really, really good. It's I, the best episode of the season so far. Obviously, it's funny three, because but... part of the reason why I haven't seen it yet is partly just because this week has been a bit intense for me, and I, it seems intense. Um, but another one is that Twitter has ruined it for me. Really? It does with many things. Oh, be grateful you're not on there, Paul, because the discourse is discoursing. In what sense? Just the fact that... I don't think this is a spoiler to say at this point, but the, the fact Bill is gay, or...? It's not the fact that Bill is gay. I think that there, there have been at least a couple of think pieces, which I've read despite not watching the episode, which gives you a lot a good hint at my priorities, <laughs> um, is that some people think it's sort of like a bit of a sort of cynical ploy to sort of win over people by doing a gay story, all caps, and sort of, like... I think it, those... It seems do... bit... Sorry, go on. Yeah. There seems to be an argument from some people that it's, like, sort of a cynical ploy, basically, by straight guys. <sighs> I think those things would be valid if it wasn't so, like... I mean, you know, I, I don't... I'm not an authentic voice on this. Um, you know, if 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 gay writers are writing about this and, and they have thoughts on it, then they're obviously more valid than mine. Um, but I thought it was really authentic and I thought it was really nice. Um, it was really heartfelt and it didn't feel... For me, it didn't feel cheap. I mean, the episode is like an hour and 20 long, so it's not like they, they kind of just threw the... No. And it comes from know. the game, right? Like, it is... I mean, obviously, they expanded on it, but, like, this source... Um, actually, no. Extrapolating, isn't it? From I don't know. What... Seen? I'm not sure, actually. I, I haven't played the first one in a few years, so maybe that's just something I didn't pick up on, but I don't remember Bill being gay or that being a kind of... Mm part of his character or, or part of the plot or anything but right. not that that matters i i think the complete opposite in fact i think honestly he, the treatment of bill in the show is better than who he is in the games by far and that is the nick far more interesting right yeah sorry yeah uh yeah it's far more interesting um 
like Bill is really, you know, in the game you go to him because you need a car battery, which is essentially what it is in the show, and then you do you do a bit of zombie killing for him, and then he gives you a fucking battery. That's it. Whereas in the show, it's it's so much more than that, and um, I feel like even like Joel and you know Ellie aren't really in the episode. Again, I don't think that's a spoiler. Um, people kind of know that episode three is a standalone, not standalone, but sort of you know side quest if you if you like um they're not really in it um so it's really really driven by Nick Offerman's performance and um I don't know the name of the other actor but he's he's incredible Murray as well. Bartlett, I think he was in the White Lotus yeah yeah he's he's really really good as well um yeah I mean I'm tuned out from the kind of discourse really no, like I am on it's not a monolithic thing I think it's, it's more it's like kind of like the hell to is it's factional yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Twitter is just you go round and round and round, and and like um, I saw someone saying, "Oh, The Last of Us is the most Reddit show," and it's like, "What are you actually how? talking about at this point?" Literally, what how? do you mean? And then people saying, "Yeah, no, obviously because Chernobyl was," and like, I don't know, what at this point are we talking about? It's just brain vomit. <sighs> like Chernobyl, st- the show was so Reddit. Like, what are you saying? You just. <laughs> And you just, if you stay on Twitter too long, it's just you start getting into like the kind of logic of, of a viral tweet. You just start talking like a viral tweet constantly um, because that's like how you get validation on Twitter. Remember, I started to do it, you I know. Mean, Go on. It's, and good news is they released the Sight and Sound Top 250, like the extended one. Oh, Jesus. And uh, you'll never guess what's on there Twin Peaks The Return. So that's starting think- up again. I thought you were going to say Cars too. I mean, that's that's also that's higher, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say if it's, I would take like if Cars two is in the top two hundred and fifty one. Like if it's the two hundred and fifty first film in the list of the two hundred and fifty best films, then I'll take it. I mean, I think I think many would agree with you on this. I can accept that there may be two hundred and fifty films that are better than Cars two on their day. Do you but, think that one of them is the 18-hour Twin Peaks The Return? Probably, yeah. Have you seen Twin Peaks The Return? No. I mean, I've not even finished Twin Peaks Season 1. I've watched about two okay. episodes. Well, this is a non-spoiler. Um, okay. But Season 3 of Twin Peaks is... So it's sort of like 18 episodes, and David Lynch directed all of it. And mm-hmm. he basically just shot like an, an absolutely gigantic amount of film and then cut mm-hmm. it up. Like, not arbitrarily, but, like, it's not... In a, in a Lynchian way. In a Lynchian way. And, like, it, basically, there's been this endless argument for years. I'm so sorry, you asked me what am I enjoying, and I'm telling you the Twin Peaks, is it a movie discourse? Um, <laughs> um, but, if you're enjoying yeah, that, then it's valid. It's, I've, I'm always enjoying it, but because it, it's so silly, because there's an argument consistently, because one French outlet put it on their best films of the year, Right. But it's 18 hours long and it's a season of TV. So that's been a whole thing. And then again, now it's been ranked as one of the best films ever. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, it kind of blurs the boundaries, doesn't it? A little bit. Because I mean, how long is. If you can hear me typing. Oh, okay. It's I mean, nowhere near. Your film's like Satan, Satan Tango. Is it Satan Tango? Uh, that's seven hours. Yeah, and I was thinking of an elephant sitting still, which is four. Mm. Um, obviously, nowhere near as close, but 
I don't know. I think it's all, I think to a degree that make some, some something like that is just making a statement about how the lines I think are blurred between TV it's and a, film now, yeah. in terms of Ultimately. in terms of the quality and so on. You know, like everyone praised The Last of Us, the game, because it was incredibly cinematic and had a kind of like cinematic storyline. And then they make a high budget show and it's basically like a film every episode. And it's like, you, you know, the episodes wants- are almost film length. Like, at what point are we just calling them, you know, sort of like mini film? I don't, I don't know. It's like a category it in itself, isn't film. it? Sam Raimi's of- yeah. direct it. Weirdly, I am happy that didn't happen. I think that it seems like it's too much story for a film. Yeah, unless you did a few, unless you did three. Yeah, but like, like making know. a film isn't easy. Whereas obviously this entire they've produced this. I'm pretty sure it covers the first game. So like they've done that. I the entire story. yeah. I'm is is that confirmed? Because I yeah am not yeah no, no it's sure pretty pretty set point. in stone. It's pretty sad. Oh, okay. Stuff. Well, that's good and then. Season because... two, although I think I've heard that part two might be two seasons. Fair enough. I guess in terms of there being multiple narratives in two, it makes sense. I don't want to spoil anything at all. I'll just leave it there. Um, but yeah, in summary, we're both enjoying The Last of Us show. I think it's really, really good. It's great. And uh, um, new succession as soon as that's finished. So that's pretty- oh, yeah, what a sexy run. Um, oh, there's going to be two weeks of kind of like cold turkey, and then we're back on the HBO source. Um, and then, I mean, House of the Dragons not back till next year. Yeah, I'm really, year. I'm really mixed on it. I don't really care. I but, did enjoy it, but I can recognize that like that was two seasons of story. Yeah, yeah. Um, it really was. They needed a season with the child cast, and then a. Yeah, basically each half of the season should have been a full one. Yeah, it would have been so much more fulfilling and the deaths that are in it would have been more devastating, you know. It's like Game of Thrones spent an entire season leading up to one death and it is obviously like one of the most impactful deaths of the show, at least the early seasons. And it's just like you're killing off characters that you're introducing in the same episode. It's like what's going on? No, um, see, I mean, season one of Game of Thrones is like the actual blueprint for how yeah. to. Not, I mean, obviously, it's working off incredible source text. Like that first novel's fucking yeah, amazing yeah. as well. But yeah. like, just the adaptation, they made every choice right. Yeah, it's like season one is not the best season, but in terms of what it does as a sort of brick it's the most, in the wall like, of it, complete. Like it feels like you've had like a full meal because it's telling like completely. You find out the mystery. At yeah. the end. Um, and then, no, I think the best season is probably like two, three, maybe. I can't really remember. Like, two to five kind of blend into one for me. And not in a bad way, just the fact that it consistently bangs. So it's hard to be like, was season two, was season two like Battle of Black War and stuff like that? Yeah, season two was Black War, so yeah. That was. Yeah, that, was, that, that, that episode That's obviously, great. you know, blew everyone's dick and balls off. Um, so yeah, House of Dragons, look forward to what else have you been enjoying? I found an album today that I want to shout out. I don't think I put it on the Rat Depot story, but I should have done. Uh, where is it? I saved it today. Short Stories by Persian Empire came out last year. Um, I haven't heard of it. It's like 
Uh, it's like 32 songs, and it's an hour and 17 minutes long. Oh. Um, it's fun. And, yeah, it, it fucking is good. Um, I've really been on my comfort albums lately. Like, I haven't been um, branching out nearly as much as I used to. Well, neither have I. Um, yeah, I just I just kind of did today. I don't I don't know why. Another album. I mean, everyone know, like a lot of people know this album, but Moto Mami by Rosalie. I've been absolutely rinsing recently. Um, absolutely incredible album, and it got me into quite a lot of Spanish music because I guess I'm prepping to go and visit. Um, what else? Please ignore my dog. You hearing my dog? I can't hear your dog. Actually, that's good. She oh, is barking now. in the background. Can <laughs> now. Um, and then a few tracks I've been appreciating. You Are More, which is a bonus track by I Am Nobody. And that's nobody with an I on the end. Um, bit of Ways Blood. To the Moon by Juno Dream. I've been really Ooh, enjoying which that. Which Ways Blood? Uh, a lot's got to change. Going to change. Um, uh, I, lo- I mean, that, that album is one of my favorite. I'm actually seeing her live next week, which I'm pretty excited Oh, about. nice. Yeah. Yeah, so- I... Haven't gotten to know her latest album as much, but the mm. previous one, Titanic Rising, which that track you just mentioned is from, is mm-hmm. I love that so much. Mm. Yeah, that, is, that it's, album is incredible. It's a banger, and it's also like one of the best album covers. It's so like, good. It's really, really good. Um, I've been listening to Low Tide at the Drying Out Facility by Lil Ugly Mane, which is a really surprising track. Like, it's really doesn't particularly sound like a conventional. Little Ugly Main track. It actually sounds a bit like Injury Reserve or something like that. Um, really good. Uh, that's, I mean, those are just a, a few snapshots. I feel like I'm always into my tracks. I can spend a lot of time yeah, talking about that's like, my, Yeah, that's my January thing. It's a bunch of random mm, individual tracks. Yes. Um, Going to wrap this up in a minute just so we can keep this short and, short and fucking snappy. Nice. Um, what was the last film you watched? We'll end it um, there. The last film I watched, um, yes, so I, in terms of just at home, I watched a documentary yesterday called Navalny, which is about oh, yeah. Navalny, the Russian guy who was poisoned by Putin. Yeah. Uh, Oscar nominated and trying to run through those uh, nominees. Yeah. How, how was it? I mean, I think it was enjoyable. I, really, I liked it. Mm. I liked it. I do feel with a lot of, and I think I've kind of slowly begun to be able to, because I think when I was first watching documentaries, I was like, I like it when facts are presented to me. Five stars. <laughs> um, right. But I've been a bit better at like telling what actually is. And like you can sort of, the sort of narratives that smooth everything over and kind of present, a, they kind of describe what's happened and they describe yeah. a lot of things and there's not as much like complexity. I mean, you can tell that they've kind of shaped this into a very like ex- compelling narrative, but without probing. So, like, it it is limited by that. I As, do. I feel like so many documentaries are. I think. I, yeah. I was about to say that I, it's so often you'll find a, a documentary that is almost a documentary where the documentarian is almost overwhelmed by how good the material is. I think. Yes. And sometimes I watch a documentary and it's like, you really don't know how to like wrangle these things. Either it's like a really dense topic or it's just like ethically really sort of interesting or engaging and they just fumble it. Like I remember watching a, have you ever read the book Bad Blood by John Carreyou? I haven't, no. 
I think that's how his name is pronounced. Um, he was a, uh, is a journalist, and he wrote a book about uh, Elizabeth Holmes and right. Uh, Serrano, uh, sorry, Theranos, um, which just, it, you know, it's just ridiculous how how much that sounds like Thanos. Um, not that there's any relation, but um, Theranos and the whole like they made a machine that could basically, without it was like a very like minimally invasive thing, and they could with a very small sample of blood test for like a load of different conditions and diseases, which was obviously like potentially revolutionary because to do blood tests is is quite invasive and you need a lot of blood to test for different things um so that was the idea of their machine and essentially it was an absolute crock of shit and um they never had a machine that worked and were basically running like a very elaborate scam that convinced a lot of rich people to give them money and she was sort of hailed as the next Steve Jobs. She very heavily modelled herself on Steve Jobs, like she used to dress like him and sort of have a corporate persona that was very similar. Well, you um, know, that's a uh, miniseries now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Side. Yeah, I, I'm already sick of those type of shows. They need to stop. Pardon me. Um, uh, Siri just picked that up. Yeah, um, that's a series. They adapted that into a series, which I think is also a podcast. Yeah, but the original book is by John Carew, and it's called Bad Blood. And why was I talking about this? Uh, documentaries. Oh, yeah. So there was also a documentary. I can't remember what it was called. Possibly called Bad Blood or something. I think it was a HBO one, actually. Or Sky. One of those. And it's also been a podcast, so it's a million things. Mad. I mean, there is a lot of detail to it, and I would recommend the book to anyone. I remember I read it during lock- the first lockdown. I was sat on the beach in Brighton most days, and I, I just absolutely crunched this book like in no time. There's a recommendation from Max, actually, who is the podcast guest next week. Um, so shout out to him. Maybe I'll bring it up again, actually. Um, but yeah, amazing book, and some really, really dark moments in it where the corporate culture just seems incredibly incredibly toxic but yeah the documentary was full of just they just blown the budget on like graph like graphics and like cgi and stuff like look at this fucking fancy like loads of you know that fucking stupid scene in the hangover where like um uh zach galifianakis is like playing poker and he's like or blackjack or whatever and he's like there are loads of fucking numbers and shit in front of his head yes it's stuff it's honest yeah it's honestly stuff like that and like here's a breakdown of the inside of the machine that we've like spent weeks rendering and it's just like mate just tell the fucking story like the story is far more interesting than all of this visual shit that you're throwing in front of me like i learned far more from the book than this documentary um so i'm gonna let you wrap up but i have a very stupid example of what you're talking about like over stylization which is I went to see, I think it was during the heat wave of last year, I needed mm-hmm. to, an air-conditioned place. My uh, The flat I was living in was not very well. Um, nice. and so I went to the cinema. Nice. And I was just like, what was playing? Uh, a documentary on John McEnroe, the tennis player. Oh, good. Um, sure. It was all right. But the main thing is, it's quite, you know, obviously it's kind of a basic documentary. Um, but for some reason, they had to like work in B-roll of like John McEnroe just walking around New York, and then for some reason, what? by the end of the film, he's walking around in the desert. And this what? doesn't like function as a narrative thing. It's not like 
we need to see John McEnroe walking around, but like that's constant throughout the movie. He's just walking. And it just slowly just like... dissolves into like a French new wave, like <laughs> avant-garde shit where he's just like wandering around. It's like, I think if they're trying to make him seem like, I think they did another one like Bruce Springsteen documentary, which he's, he's also walking around the desert. It seems to be this like shortcut to like, we can't just have them, have them talking. We also have to have them walking around and thinking. Yeah, it really emphasizes their depth. Um, something McEnroe was obviously renowned for. Um, yeah, really deep guy. Wow. Well, I won't watch that. Thanks for the recommendation, Louis. Um, Don't worry, we're um, we're saving that for the McEnroe pod. I'll imagine. I would have to. Oh, but we'd have to. But well, I'm not watching another Shia LaBeouf film. That's enough. Um, you know the McEnroe thing he did. I do. Anyway, let's Borg, leave that Borg there. versus McEnroe, yes. Let's, let's, put it, let's put the nail in that coffin. Um, well, this, is, this has been really, really fun. I'm just conscious I don't want the pod to be yes. too long. I feel like we really get into a rhythm. We almost need to talk for like half an hour and then press record because I feel like we get into a yes. rhythm. And then it's like, oh, we've been recording for like 40 minutes. Um, but yeah, this has been really, really good. Um, yes. Yeah, time, time is a circle, um, an imperfectly drawn circle. Um, that looks a bit like a kind of like crisp. Anyway, this has been great. Um, thank you so much, Lou, for coming on. Um, thank you for having me. Of course, always. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I'm, I'm failing to concisely wrap this up. In fact, if you've made it this far, I want you to um, pop into the comments of the next post. And when this podcast goes live, and I want you to put hashtag... McEnroe. Hashtag. Do people know how to spell that? I don't know how to fucking spell that. Don't don't know what it is. All right. Hashtag McEnroe and then an emoji. Uh, I challenged people to do this last time. No one did it. You fucking snakes. So this time I need some hashtag McEnroe's in the chat, uh, in the comments even. Um, So yeah, if you made it this far, thank you very, very much for listening. And I will be back on Sunday with something completely different and wacky and fucked um so yeah this has been me paulie and my guest from nostalgia detective which you should subscribe to louis and uh we'll chat to you real soon enjoy the rest of your week Goodbye. take it easy bye